brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Slap nuts. This is the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett, and you're listening to the Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Yes, another exciting episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance tonight, Wednesday, 7 p.m. EST, like normal on the wonderful holiday of All Hallows Eve, aka Halloween. So if you're not out there trying to get some candy, I'm glad you're listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance with us. We got a great packed show tonight. Uh, We will be going over evolution and what we thought about it. Uh, We will be talking about the controversial crown jewel. And then we might talk some horror gimmicks, you know, some some stuff like The Undertaker and, and, and characters of that nature. But before we get into all that, I want to thank, once again returning, my co host for tonight. Jeffrey Taylor from Jeffrey Show Live. How are you doing, man? I am doing good this evening. Thanks again two weeks in a row, Dane. I'm really appreciative. We have a lot of things to talk about this evening. We do. It's Halloween, basically. Happy Halloween. So we have a lot to talk about, Dane. Yeah, man. Uh, Happy Halloween to you, too, and everyone out there. Enjoy yourself. If, If you're one of those weirdos that hates Halloween... Just stop listening to my show. Like, you know, it's I, I, there's people I hate Halloween. I hate Christmas. Like, Jesus, man. Like, do you like anything? But that's another conversation for another time. What you guys want to hear us rant about is wrestling, right? I mean, we had a lot of wrestling-related, uh, you know, hoopla, if you will. Um, I think the biggest thing that we could talk about is a little thing called evolution. Um Jeffrey, I'm going to actually make the bold statement that there could be an argument for SummerSlam, but I think that Evolution, from start to finish, match quality, um, you know, just every match speaking for themselves, uh, I think this might have been WWE's one of their best pay-per-views this year so far. Do you agree? I agree. I, I, it was funny to me how people were saying that W Evolution had no build, that people didn't care about it. But when you really looked at the card, in my opinion, it was prepped up to be one of the best pay-per-views of the year, in my opinion. Absolutely. I think that if it wasn't for that damn salute song being stuck in my head, it would have been a perfect 10 out of 10. But I'm still singing that song uh, this day afterwards. So salute uh, to whoever wrote that damn song. Um, 
But in all seriousness, let's go over this card. Uh, I think it was a packed card, you know, and um, I actually didn't see this match live. I had to go back and watch it. But uh, Rhea Ripley went against Dakota Kai for the NXT UK's Women's Championship. They basically kind of built this up a little bit on NXT UK. And uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Dakota Kai. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch this, Jeffrey, but um, how do you feel about, regardless, you know, Dakota Kai has been in NXT for a minute, uh, you know, and she's now in NXT UK. A lot of people like her. She's got a very, I'm not going to say Bailey, but a very baby face quality to her that's likable. Um, And that was why it was great when, you know, she had someone like Shayna Baszler to break her arms and stuff. But, on the opposite end, you have a Shayna Baszler type like Rhea Ripley that ran through the May Young tournament and was one of the uh, semifinalists. Um, I thought this was a, a good match, and I like Rhea Ripley having some gold. So how did you feel about that? I didn't get a chance to see this match. This was on NXT UK, you said, Dane? Yeah, it was like the pre-opening match. I didn't even know it existed until I looked into something, and I was like, oh, okay, I got to go watch this. I, I don't know too much about it, but I am fond of both women. I've seen them on action plenty of occasions, uh, specifically Rhea Ripley. And I just love the way, similar to Becky Lynch right now, and it has nothing to do with wrestling because they're both great wrestlers, especially Dakota uh, with the baby face, like just a pure, genuine baby face, like a Bailey. Uh, used to be a Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch, in my opinion, but we see that yeah. those two can be both. But real Ripley, she's someone that's similar to Becky Lynch right now to where, and maybe even Becky Lynch may have got it from her, to be honest. Like, hopefully Becky Lynch don't kill me for saying that. But Rhea Ripley literally has been pushing her character on social media too much that I think that is her. I don't know if you've gotten to see her tweets and um, her interaction with other wrestlers and fans and how she even was at WWE Evolution. That's my main point, how she was slow clapping during the Mae Young Classic. Like, she was just kind of like, I guess. Like, I'm here to support, but I don't. Like, there's so much nobility in wrestling these days, how people shake hands. It's always great for me to see someone just, like, not care. <laughs> like, this is competitive. Like, I don't want to <laughs> take the noble route. I I completely agree with you. I think she's great. She has, like, a – she needs to get – well, I need to at least see more of her on the mic to be able to readjust this um, comparison about throw out there. But she reminds me of, like, 2000 Triple H when he was the game, when he spoke with actions and, you know, kind of was just cocky and arrogant and always had that that look of of dominance to him. Um, So big hopes for her, and I'm happy that she's going to be representing the title on that brand. Um, Shit, I think think that you could put her against Pete Dunne in a match. (laughs) It would be a damn good match, but I don't think they're going to be doing that anytime soon. So, let's kick off with the actual, the first match on the card, uh, officially. They started off with the legend, and I think this made a lot of sense. Um, I think they started off with a bang. Um, I'm not going to say this was the most amazing match, but it definitely served its purpose. They gave them about 11 minutes, and it was Trish Stratus and Lita against Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Alexa Bliss had gotten injured. Uh, they kind of, see, us wrestling fans that pay attention, we knew about this. Uh, for the public that might have bought for the you – know, I don't think they're going to buy it just specifically for this match, but WWE kind of like, oh, yeah, we said it. Uh, you, can't, you, you barely went over it, basically. But that's all right. Love you, WWE. 
Um, either way, Legends won. Trish Stratus, Lita defeated Mickey James and Alicia Fox to really signify a good, like, happy-go-lucky feel, I guess you could say, to start off the whole entire thing. Um, and I love the interactions with the ladies. You know, I, I, I thought it was kind of um, – counterproductive, if you will, Jeffrey, with uh, Monday Night Raw when they had the uh, 10-woman um, tag match. They gave them a lot of time, and everyone got their, their shit in. But in the same right, the whole point of evolution was to reflect on the days of the Diva era where it was short matches or a million people in a tag match. So I kind of thought that was kind of like um, tone deaf, if you will, a little bit by creative, but what do you expect from Mystic Man? Either way, going back to this match, I thought it was fun. Lita, you know, all of us, I, I guess she decided to really stick it up a couple notches because a lot of people were worried the last time she did the moonsault because she kind of botched it a little bit, I think, at the, the Rumble. This time she cleared uh, a pretty damn good moonsault on both uh, competitors. So I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope that Trish and uh, Lita don't necessarily stick around, but – Maybe we get to see them once in a while uh, competing in matches. It's always good to see both of them. Both ladies are in their late 30s, early 40s, like a lot of the males on the roster. So I don't think that would be that big of a deal if they want to. And uh, I enjoyed uh, this match. How did you feel? Are we were seeing the 10 Divas tag team match or the tag team match at Evolution? Which one? Or either? Because I had well, I would... on both of them. <laughs> I was specifically talking about the Evolution pay-per-view, but I was commenting, and if you want to comment, too, about how it was kind of weird for them to do a five-on-five the next night. I think that altogether, the Evolution is what we see that something that's slowly making a change, but they just don't get it right in one big stance. Change is never easy, and it's easier sometimes to judge from the outside looking in. So I see them making progress. It's just so slow when they have so many setbacks sometimes, and that's what I think of moments like when I see the 10. And even sometimes those matches, I actually enjoyed that one. I think that a few people actually enjoyed it because of the time that was given, some of the moments, I think that some people was upset that, well, I follow a lot of smarts, to be honest. Hopefully nobody don't get offended by that, but I do. I follow a lot of um, smarts, and they were kind of like, I wish the heels would have won, like Trish and Lita should have put people over. So I follow a lot of people like that that gets really, really, really technical in it. I love them, so that's why I follow them. But in terms of evolution, I wonder why the lighting was so dark the entire show. It started off with that first tag team match. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I can barely see what's going on in this thing. But it gave me a different type of feel. The tag team matchup, I want to say quickly because I was tweeting about this, and I actually didn't do a review on it. Uh, Lita, how you said the boss, Lita, I was surprised that Lita wasn't as good in the ring as Trish Stratus. Like, Times have changed. Like, Trish was really working at Evolution, while Lita, it seemed like she really wasn't training in Maryland up there. So, uh, Lita, it was good to see her do better on Monday, but I think that Lita moves are a little bit more intense in her defense, if I will give her something than Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus knows what she can do. But even her satisfaction, it looked good. So, I enjoyed the tag team match, though. A lot of people enjoyed the tag team match. I enjoyed it. Um, both, all four athletes have been doing it for a good minute. So it's what you expect, in my opinion. They did nice for opening contest. Nice pop, like you said. 
Absolutely, and I am actually considered the smart killer. Um, I go after those guys <laughs> online and just <laughs> the task. I'm, I'm one of those people that just does not Someone get there. Someone has to do it. Someone has to I do just, it. <laughs> I, I think that they think that smart is smart, Mark, but in reality, all of us wrestling fans know it's just stupid, Mark. Um, but hey, if if you have a problem with that, you know, hit me up on Facebook and we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll compete like the uh, ladies did in the ring. I definitely will say going back to the one thing about the raw match between the women, you could tell that all the uh, younger ladies were really excited to be in the ring with Trish and Lita, and I really appreciated that. Yes. And I hope I hope uh, Jeffrey, we do get to see uh, you know Alexa Bliss when she's not injured, maybe reintroduce. Uh, this this feud between her and Trish uh, for something in the future, maybe like a one-off pay-per-view or something. Um, I'm not saying Trish should, uh, you know, do another retirement match because it's kind of silly at this point since she already had one. But you know, you can go I want back her to, to win the title again. I want her to. I want her to have. She, Trish looks good physically, and Trish can still go to me from what I've seen these past few days. I want another title reign. That's just me though. <laughs> I love Trish. That would be fun. You know, I, I I would be down with that. And and also even Lita, you know, and and like we said, like she definitely had some issues. Um, I think beforehand with the uh, the All Women's Royal Rumble more so than now. But she worked through them, and I'm still I'm I'm very surprised we didn't get to see it. You know, well they, they were on each other's team, but I would love to see her and Sasha tangle it up. I know that's something that Sasha said that she would love to do. So who knows? These ladies seem like they're around. Like I said, they're the same age. As uh, what you call it, AJ Styles? I think I think Trish is the same age as AJ Styles. Lena might be a, a year younger, so they are they are young enough. It's all about if they would like to do it. So who knows? Uh, but let's move on from the Legends match to the uh, next match, which was the twenty women, um, which we call Battle Royal uh, to get the number one contender for the women's championship, and. Nia Jax won. She eliminated Ember Moon. Ember Moon got more eliminations at six to Nia's five. Um, I thought, and you know this is very weird, usually, Jeffrey, I hate battle royals. I think that they're just, they're dumb, they're a waste, they don't really have a flow to them. And I've been very impressed by both this and also the one from um, All In. Uh, Both of them were very, very choreographed very well. Um, both had great moments. They were exciting. They were a lot of fun. And this, you know, I, I think the biggest complaint, and I think it's definitely uh, a, a good complaint, is that the 10 ladies or so that were there from NXT, you could have made this a 30-woman battle royal and included some of them. Um, I get that they didn't, but it was great seeing people, you know, and they looked great, and they did great, but as old as Ivory and Alundra Blaze, a.k.a. Medusa, in there, uh, tearing it up with some of the younger talent. Amber Moon looks great, man. Um, I love her mystique, you know, style. I think that she's great at selling. Um, and I also, I'm a big fan of Naya. I like that. I like that they're giving also a push to Mina and making it, you know, they did that little tribute to Roman Reigns within the ring. I thought everything was, was very well done. I liked how the, um, the Iconics came out talking shit, and as soon as they got in the ring, the uh, you know the legends they were making fun of eliminated them, and then the legends themselves were circled by the younger generation. I see so imagery like that stands out and makes something that can be pretty dumb and, and watered down like a battle royal have a lot of um, fun 
and momentum to it. Uh, how did you feel about this 20-woman battle royal, and do you think they made the right choice with Nia Jax now after she takes on Becky uh, going against Ronda Rousey for the title afterwards? No. <laughs> I don't know why they did this, but I guess they have a plan, and that's why I'm not on creative team, and I have to watch it out. From from So from a fan perspective, I didn't want Nia to win. I would have loved a curveball of a legend winning it, I would have loved for uh, Ember Moon to win, who is clearly a fan favorite to be with teasing us, but maybe they got something later on down, as we've seen Asuka and Ember Moon have that face-off. I mean, Nia Jax had her moment. It wasn't good, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about Nia Jax, Dane. I even said this to rile up some people, and it was a troll moment on the Internet. I said that Nia Jax is politicking her way back to the top because there were some rumors that she did that last year. I, I didn't like it. I don't know what's going on with Tamina. I I thought that the Battle Warrior was great, though, but the right woman didn't win. I would have loved for, for Michelle McCool or uh, – a lunger blazer, some you know, curveball, but Nia Jax winning, like, what is it doing? Like, I'm not intrigued. I'm not. I think it is bad placement when they when they have number one contender matches, not immediate. How do you feel about that when a number one contender match isn't proceeding to the next event and it's kind of like a gamble in the air? How do you feel about that? Well, unfortunately, I get it. Um, Nia Jax is. And, you know, you can say what you want. I mean, Ember Moon would be a formidable opponent, but Nia Jax looks like someone that can get in the ring with, with Ronda Rousey. Now, the counter to that perspective, because I've heard a lot of people say that, is Ronda Rousey just had an awesome match with Nikki Bella, which might have been, honestly, and we'll get down to it, the best of both of their careers. So if Ronda can go in there with Nikki Bella, she can fucking get in there with Ember Moon. I want to hear it. Um, they've already had a thing with her and Nia. I like Naya. Um, you know, I, I definitely, I have friends um, that I can agree with that she might be a little bit reckless with her strength to some of these smaller ladies, especially kind of ragdolling Sasha in the past. But, you know, I get that the presence itself is what they're going. The fact that she's cousins with the Rock and Roman Reigns probably doesn't, you know, uh, make things worse for her. But, I would have, I mean, the two that I would have loved to win is Ember Moon or Asuka. And uh, I'll, I'll go back to you to kind of, you know, let you have your counter, but also ask you a question. Is anyone really ready for Asuka anymore? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think that that on Sunday, it routed me back up to the old days. Like, is anyone ready for Asuka again? Like, Oh, my God. So much momentum going so much down the hill. But I feel like they can build it back up. They can build it back up. It may take some time, but I got hope. I got hope. I got hope. But right now, no. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, oh, Lord. One of the most talented females. Honestly, her and Becky should be right. That should be something they put. You know, if if Nia's going to go against Ronda, I think you push Oscar to go against Becky. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. But what do I know? I'm not on the creative team of SmackDown. So, if Road Dog, if you're listening, if you want some advice, 
I think everyone's shouting at you on Twitter, so don't block me. Um, anyways, let's move on to what I think was probably my second favorite match of the night. Um, the 2018 May Young Classic tournament final match between Tony Storm and Io Shirai. Incredible match. Both ladies. I mean, everyone, if you know wrestling, like me and Jeffrey, uh, outside of WWE, you've probably heard a buzz about Io. And I'm sure you've definitely heard of Tony Storm. Uh, I think Dave Metzler says all the time, Io Shirai is the best wrestler out there, bar none. Japan, it doesn't matter. She's the best. Um, I don't know if I go that far into it. I don't have enough, you know, knowledge of her past matches. But everything I saw with her with the Mae Young Classic was amazing. And also, Tony Storm, being a part of last year's Mae Young Classic and this year, she is 22 years old. It is incredible. The the experience, her selling ability, um, I mean, just everything. Her facial expressions, her charisma, she's going to be money eventually. And I'm very excited. I'm, I'm, I'm sure she's going to take that title off of Rhea Ripley in the UK. Um, I don't know if she's going to be like Pete if she does that, where he comes over. She'll be coming over to NXT and going back to NXT UK. But I definitely see her eventually on Maine. And I think that Io Shirai also has a pretty big ceiling within wrestling. It just sucks because not that I want to put two of these ladies together in a tag team because they're both great singles competitors, but she's best friends with Carrie Sane. And if they had a tag women's division, the, the two of that, well, as long as you don't have it on Raw because Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit about tag team. But either way, if you had a female tag division, they would be an outstanding tag team together, I think. But, like I said, I thought this was an awesome match. I was very happy to see Tony Storm. I knew she was going to win when she went for the second Tiger Bomb, and she was already crying before she even hit it. So, kudos to both ladies. Kudos to the whole entire May Young tournament. All the women did a great job. And I was very impressed by this match. How did you like it, man? Love this match. I don't think there's going to – I mean, this is a bold statement, but I don't think there's a person out there that didn't enjoy it. And this is the reason why Evolution pay-per-view is happening right now. This is why we should be getting them at least once a month. And I don't know why they're not pulling the trigger. I've said this in my predictions video. You have 16 women that was talented that all got nice reactions in the battle world. You can expand this on an event each and every month, similar to how they do in the indies. This isn't something that's new. Uh, just in WWE right now, but EU and Tony Storm is is she's it, she's it, she's something special. And I like EO, but I like Tony a little bit more. Well, actually, a lot more, and that says a lot because I really like EO. But Tony Storm proves to me why she's one of my faves right now, and I'm so happy for her. Uh, emotional seeing her her receive the flowers and the trophy, and I it was it was a great matchup. It was. I knew it was going to be great. And I actually, I'm going to end on this. I really thought it was going to steal the show because they didn't have, I don't want to say nothing to prove, but they had less pressure being in the Mae Young Classics opposed to some of the mainstream people like Ronda and Nikki and others that kind of get complacent when they're on the top. In my opinion, that's with anything in music and film. Uh, but they didn't steal the show, in my opinion. I'm going to tell you, talk about that later. But Nevertheless, that was still a great matchup. Still a great match. 
Yeah, the ladies uh, were able to pull off a great match within 10 minutes and 20 seconds. All right, we go to the next match. It wasn't match. long at all. I'm glad you said that. That's a great point. It wasn't long at all, and they still got their stuff in. Exactly, and that's the most important thing is if it's very similar to, and if anyone has tried to stand up, you know, there, there's a three-minute set, a five-minute set, then you could, I think the eighth, eight minutes is an extra increment, ten. You can have a great match less than ten minutes. It just depends on the pace and how you perform it. And you can have a, a sloppy match that goes for 40 minutes. Now, that didn't happen this night, but just proves that these two ladies know what they're doing. They got in, got out, and uh, I was very happy for them in their performance. All right, the six-woman tag team match, which, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I was not looking forward to it much. Um, even though I love Sasha Bailey, and I really do like the, and Natalia and the right squad. I like all the women involved. I just, you know... Multi-tag matches usually don't appease me that much. But I think these women pulled it off. I think they had a pretty damn good match. I love how Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan all had some, like, you know, uh, Halloween-themed stuff coming out. I thought that was really cool. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. Um, you know, we, we saw, I think, two heart attacks. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, everyone just – the heels look dominant. Both Bailey and Sasha are both good at playing the baby face in a tag team match of getting the crap knocked out of them and getting to the corner. At first, though, I got to say, I was like, is Natalia ever going to get in this fucking match? Or is it just, are, are the two of them going to beat the Riot Squad? She <laughs> <laughs> came in right at the end. She still got her shit in. Looked great. Work um, smart, not hard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Work smarter. Um, but yeah, fun match. Good six woman tag match. 13 minutes, 10 seconds. How'd you like this match, buddy? Honestly, I didn't watch it, to be honest. I thought that it wasn't going to be good, and I felt like it was raw caliber. But when I tweeted that, everyone said it was good. Like, you should go back and watch it. And I told them that I was going to go back and watch it, but I never did. But I'm glad that I'm just – I haven't heard anything bad about it. Like, there's been no mixed reviews. Everyone has said that it was actually good. And I think it's because everyone had low expectations for it. But I also think that it was just genuinely, they did their thing, to be honest. So, I can't say that I'm going to check it out, but I'm happy for all six women. I agree with that. I just think that, no offense to the rest of the ladies, Natalia has gotten plenty of exposure. She's done a great job throughout the course of her career. Multi-women's champion, Bailey. I think she has more of a ceiling to go, but she's been the women's champion. And I like Liv Morgan and Sarah Lo- Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. But there's two ladies, especially one of them, Sasha Banks and Ruby Riot, should be doing a fuckload more than just these type of tag matches within Raw and the women's division. So I'm just going to say that. Um, I like where they're I at. Agree. And Ruby can have a presence with her squad coming out. But especially Sasha fucking Banks, man. I mean, so- literally, I think... If it wasn't for, you know, well, before that, you could say if it wasn't for Sasha and Bailey's match at TakeOver, um, but then when her and Charlotte were doing their thing on Maine and killing it, they really elevated the women's division. And I've heard her, you know, do pretty much everything except for complain about where she is right now. And Ruby Riot, just, she's outstanding in the ring, and she's got a great look to her. I, I kind of hope they utilize them better going forward. All right. Oh, next match. Really another one of my, 
um, we had Shayna Baszler uh, defeat Kairi Sane by technical submission to win the NXT Women's Championship. 12 minutes and 10 seconds. I thought this was a damn good match. That crossbody, Ricky Steamboat style, or Tanahashi, whichever amazing Japanese wrestler you want to talk about, to the outside that uh, Kari did to Shayna Baszler was great. Um, I thought the physicality between both women was awesome. I personally think Kari Sane should ditch the the fucking Pirate Princess thing, but that's just me. If, If that's what you know, she likes to do. That's what she likes to do. Um, I there's so much hate for Shayna Baszler that I think is so unwarranted by the wrestling community. I think Josh Barnett and Billy Robinson trained her, and she has taken what she knows from MMA and has applied it, but adapted to WWE. Just little things that you do in between stuff. I think she gets, and she's dominant. And I love her her best friend Ronda Rousey, but. And Shayna's had a longer time, and I'm not talking, you know, I, I do think Shayna's more experienced than Ronda. That's all I'm trying to say. But everyone was like, Ronda's going to be the next Brock Lesnar for the women's division. Ronda's going to be Brock Lesnar. No, I don't think that that's true at all. I think Ronda's going to be a not at top all. Not at all. level female competitor, more in the vein of like a Kurt Angle, you know, or, or, or someone of that nature. Shayna Baszler is your female Samoa Joe. Shayna Baszler is your female Brock Lesnar. And I know everyone's – it's so amazing, those same Smarks, you know, the, the quote-unquote smart fans, um, the Marks, they, they, they equated that she's a bad performer because, you know, her two horsewomen helped her win the match. That's a fucking storyline-driven point within a match. What the hell does it have to do with her performance? What happened was – I'm Kari so Sane, glad you said that. She got thrown into the NXT women, and she looked like she nailed one of them. might have been Bianca Belair in the face, which sucks. Uh, good spot. Pissed off Jessica Menduke and the other, Maria Shafir, uh, the two other uh, four horsewomen of MMA, along with Shayna and, and Ronda, who are at the Performance Center training right now. Pissed them off, so they got involved in the match, basically helped uh, Shayna win. This is not a bad thing for Kari Sane. Now, Kari Sane lost the title. You know, and it doesn't make her look bad at all because she got screwed a little bit. And Shayna didn't ask for their help, and did what? It, it's not like she distracted the ref. They just did that because they got pissed off. And now Shayna is a two-time NXT Women's Championship. It makes her look more dominant, and doesn't make Kerry Sane look weak. And I think it was actually a smart thing to do. And anyone that wants to say, "Oh, she needed help, so therefore she sucks at wrestling," you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry, I don't have another term that's nicer to explain to you. Happy Halloween. Um, what do you think about the match, man? One of the things that uh, I'm glad you didn't let me interrupt you, but the storyline was the key of this for me, in my opinion. And this isn't a bad thing from the show, but it was the first time, like, a real deep storyline was the match that was going on. Furthermore, to Becky and Charlotte was the next one later on. But this was when we had that Nobility May Young Classic Finals we had the sixth women's matchup that it wasn't a strong storyline. Not that it's bad. It wasn't strong. Even Trish and Lita tag team storyline. It was. It was. It felt rushed because you knew that the legends was leaving. You knew they were coming in for the evolution. It didn't feel genuine. The battle royal was similar. It was. It's just a battle royal, and none of those things was wrong. But Shayna and Kari, they've been going at it for a, over a year now. Over a year. The history with Kari getting her time to shine with. 
um, Kyrie with two wins over Shayna. Shayna uh, being a former champion uh, and then involving her buddies into the match without, uh, well, what I know, her knowledge. Like, she wasn't even intending on that. And it was a story, and it was deep. It it feels personal. It feels like this is the emotion that you want in wrestling. While that I want in wrestling, the match was good. There was a moment where uh, Shayna was holding Kyrie's arm. I don't know if you remember that, Dane, but it was like dangling her on the like by the arm. Like I was kind of like, this is good. Scary, <laughs> like what? <laughs> this is good. So all in all. I was really a storyline alone, and it did not, like, it was physical. These two are starting to know each other more and more. As you can see, them wrestling, and it's starting to show in their matches, which is always good. Like, when people, when a rob, that's why I love robbery so much and not just one-time matches, because that first match could be good, but by that third, fourth match, people are, they're rocking and rolling. Like, I know you're going to do this, so let me be smart, because now I can read you. So, I love that. I love the ending. It gave some storyline to derive from the pay-per-view because I don't think that too many matches, like, what else is going to happen after this? I think that the Shayna and Kyrie saga isn't over, and I'm glad that it's not. This is a long women's rivalry, and I feel like it should be appreciated. It's been over a year now. Like, they, they've done a great job with it. Absolutely. I completely agree, and now you can do a lot of different things. You can have this progress in NXT again because I think it's only a matter of time before they pull the trigger on Shayna, get her up to Maine, and have her go against her best friend, possibly for Stephanie McMahon. Because, I, I mean, let's face it, Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey, is that's going to be a great match on a pay-per-view. So, and then Kari saying maybe she can be the second two-time NXT Women's Champion, finally winning against Shayna when she beats her just straight up in the ring. No interference, no nothing. So, you know, we're... we're that is still cage. <laughs> that is still cage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. And um, We're going to find out tonight on NXT uh, the progression of that. So after you guys, of course, get done listening to us talk about this stuff, go watch NXT and see the progression of that storyline. But you talked about rivalries. I do, I do oh. want to ask a question, though, um, right quick, and it doesn't have to be anything too long. How do you feel about – people getting multiple reigns in NXT because there was a time back in 2014 you win the title and you go on in my opinion. Like, how do you feel about starting to stick around and starting to feel honored about getting the second reign now? I, I think I, I, I think actually what would happen is uh, someone that works in the back is scared of sending the wrestlers to their dad <laughs> for them on the main roster. So, I'm, I mean, he's going to keep them around uh, for longer, uh, yeah, I think that's that might have okay. something to do with that. Okay. you know there's there's a lot more prestige in sticking around in XT. I don't think it's so much a call up place anymore. I wish it would be its own third brand, but obviously it's it is still at least in Vince's eyes who doesn't watch it the uh, the um, what you call it the uh, the minor leagues, the place that he gets to pick everyone from, uh, which sucks. But, you know, my whole thing, even though I don't have a problem with it, Jeffrey, um, and I'll I'll give it right back to you. I don't don't have a problem with multiple reigns in the sense of them doing that in NXT when they've had people like Oscar and Finn Balor hold the belt for a long time. But that, having the belt for a long time and losing it and then having to get it back, like I've always thought it was a joke. I love Ric Flair. I love John Cena. I love Randy Orton, Triple H. 
But them like, yeah, I have 46, you know, reigns with the championship. Well, that means you lost it 40 fucking six times. So, okay. But when it comes to keeping them in NXT, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think Triple H is hiding Nikki Cross from from Vince McMahon right now. Like, where's, where's that girl that was insanity? Oh, Pops, I don't know what you're talking about. There wasn't a girl in Sanity. She's she's not there. Because, <laughs> fuck Sanity. Uh, any I, any I last comments? I wasn't, even, I wasn't even thinking about that. I love that answer. I'm glad I asked. I wasn't even thinking of that, but that's great. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. NXT should be a two-hour show that just stands by itself. Uh, travels is more the Ring of Honor style crowd. You know they can have bigger and bigger arenas if they want to, and people people like Bobby Roode they should go back down there because they're not using them properly on the main thing. So that's my opinion. Uh, but you know they're gonna do what they want. Just, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Vince McMahon doing what he wants uh, very soon after this. Let's get through these last two matches. I think that arguably from everyone and you know like you said. Speaking about rivalries, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. Last woman standing match. And by the way, the second last woman standing match um, since there was one already <laughs> previous in NXT. That was amazing. When I believe, um, yeah, that was also amazing, too. Between Asuka and Nikki Cross, I believe. But uh, this one was incredible. Talk about legacy for Charlotte. Another unbelievable performance. Uh, Charlotte is amazing in multiple categories, but one of, I think, the strongest things that she definitely hones from her father just naturally is her ability to sell. And I don't think a lot of it is based off anything besides reality because when she got fucking powerbombed to the outside through that table, I felt her pain. My God. These women beat the living shit out of each other, Jeff. They they just destroyed they each did. other and put their bodies on the line. And it was so appreciative of me to watch them do that. And I thought they were going to have Charlotte end up winning. And no, they, they kept it on Becky, which I think is a smart move. I think mainly part of that is because of, I mean, if you look at it, Survivor Series is next. Everyone was like, I wonder what's going to happen with that Survivor Series when the last two years they've had a fucking, you know, Raw versus SmackDown theme. Once again, I, I thought that was going to happen. I, I guess I assumed it. So do you do an amazing match, which will probably be a great match between Becky and Ronda, or do you prematurely pull the trigger on Charlotte versus Ronda? No, you don't do that. So I understand where the, what the mindset was. And it gave Becky a great win. She looks dominant. I uh, loved her little stuff with Ronda afterwards about, you know, kind of just calling her champ and trying to be, you know, you know, just, just setting up stuff for the future. And um, I know a lot of people talk shit about her promo, but I thought it was short and sweet that she pulled on SmackDown, just coming out saying she's going to beat Ronda and just dropping the mic like that, like a boss. And, um, man, so many table spots. Holy shit, they just, they, they really, they had almost 30 minutes, 28 minutes, and they told a great story. I was worried for them at certain parts, um, and it was just a very thrilling match. And it's amazing how you can tell a great story inside the ring and also have stuff like ladders and tables and shit. 
I loved them throwing all the freaking chairs in there and everyone screaming ECW. I'm glad no one threw their chair at them like what happened at ECW. Uh, but, you know, I just – the imagery and, oh, God, I think it was – I think um, it was Becky was trying to go for the Bexploder and then Charlotte countered it and suplexed her right into the damn chairs. They just had to have been beaten up, and I'm glad they had a night off uh, for SmackDown. And I also – I'm kind of glad in the storyline Charlotte feels like you know, when, when Paige offered her the leadership of the uh, Women's Survivor Series team, she brushed it off and was like, I don't deserve it. I, I think that that's cool. That kind of, like, throws something within her character. And these two ladies are, you know, you can you can dislike Charlotte because of the feud, and I, I agree. You know, I hate calling it the Roman treatment, especially now. Uh, but, you know, but let's not fucking kid ourselves. Charlotte's in the top five, I think, for female competitors, and she's one of the best period, I would say. Uh, and Becky's right up there, too. So you can hate on Charlotte because you like Becky, but, like, let's not act like Charlotte's fucking, you know, a pile of dog shit. That's all I have to say. Same smarts, if you will. Um, but how would you feel about this match, the last woman standing match? Woman. It was match of the night. It was everything that I thought it would be. It is why so many people are upset that it didn't main event and headline the show. Um, but it was some cringeworthy moments to I'm used to taking the words out of my mouth. Like it was hard to watch at times. I was like, and I love, I don't love it. That is the wrong word to say, Jeffrey. I've seen Charlotte bleed on so many occasions, the elbows and so many of her body parts just starts to bleed. It shows just how physical and how much she put her body on the line for our entertainment. And they took it there. And there was times where I thought the match was going to be over. I was kind of like, oh, she's not going to get up. She got up. Table on the outside, the, the ending, like, oh, my God. Charlotte resiliency with the table that didn't crash. And her not even thinking twice, like, her just doing what needed to be done to to break the table in half. Like, it was physical. It was – it culminated – a rivalry, and not culminating as in the ending, but the build-up to it, it, I would expect them to do what they did. It was. It, this is going to be a match that I'm going to expect on DVDs, on specials, along with some of the other past women matches, and not even just women matches, matches in general. This is a match that I feel like the men will be studying. There's a lot of matches that people say that of the men matches that be studying, like Ricky Steamboat, Savage, Eddie and Ray, I feel like this is going to be one of the ones that the coaches started saying, if your robbery is being taken there, then this is a great example, and I'm proud of them. Like, they did their thing. Very well said, and I completely agree with you. I think that it was an incredible match. Definitely up for match of the year right now. Um, if you didn't get a chance to watch Evolution, if, you know, for whatever reason – definitely check out this match. This was a lot of fun. And that bump to the outside from the top, what was it? I think the second or top rope power bomb through the table. I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of give. She basically, the, the table breaking was the thing that broke her fall from just hitting the mat, uh, you know, with a little bit of layering and concrete underneath it. My God. And like Charlotte, the next day on Monday, she was, you know, uh, we're both from Atlanta, uh, local program, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Rock 100. She was on the the uh, the show on Monday morning. 
So it's like, man, like the woman is a badass and both ladies are just awesome and just showed off a lot of great qualities. Well, let's get to the uh, main event. I know a lot of people have problems with this being the main event, but I try to humble wrestling fans like I try to humble movie fans. And I will make this comparison. Everyone will, you know, make statements like they need to do this in this comic book movie because comic book fans will, you know, that's what they want. And I'm with you when it comes to detail. I'm touching the detail. Um, but then the business aspect takes over. And then you have to realize that you and your opinion of being this comic book movie fan, this diehard, you know, even me, same thing. We're a very small amount of what the company is trying to project to, which is the general public. When you have something like this, Chuck Flair is a big name because of Flair. But when you get to people that don't know wrestling and you're trying to get them to watch your program, marketing-wise, it's smart to have two names that people know outside of wrestling. We're like Ronda Rousey, huge MMA figure, and Nikki Bella. And Nikki Bella was over shit with the ladies out in the audience. Um, I heard a... Uh, from people that were there, there were lots of shirts. The Total Divas is a huge show. Total Bellas is a huge show. A lot of women watch them. And it almost, at, at certain points, Jeffrey, within the match, which I like the match, I will say right now, it wasn't the best match of the night, but I thought it was a pretty damn good match. Um, and I, like I said, I think this might be Ronda's best match so far, and I think this is one of Nikki's best matches she's had. Nikki's not a slouch. I've always thought that she was better than her sister out of the two of them in ring-wise. She's definitely worked on her crap. But, you know, it was like the men were, 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 were rooting for Ronda and the women were rooting for Nikki. Like, you could hear that, that rivalry between the, uh, the crowd members. But I thought it was convincing. Um, there is a – and I'm not going to throw so much shade. I'll try to be vague about this. But I listened to a podcast that – goes over wrestling stuff, and I'm a big fan of their podcast. Um, they have a wrestler on there who comes on, and a past wrestler, um, big guy, I, I really enjoy him. And when he's talking, I think that he makes a lot of sense, and he comes from experience. Well, the head dude that I think is pompous as shit and kind of just arrogantly always projects how he thinks Mr. Man would look at stuff, and I kind of, I can't stand that style of opinion, which, yeah, you're right. I get it. But it's kind of like, you know, when you, I hate to make a comparison to politics, but like when you're like talking to someone, they're like, God, Republicans suck and Democrats sucks. Well, why don't you vote for a third party? Well, you can't. They would never win. Well, if you have that fucking opinion, of course, that's never going to change anything. It's the same thing. Vince McMahon has a certain way of doing things, and that's the way he looks. Well, if you look at wrestling like that, it's never going to change, really. And um, he just kept on going on and on about how it's so unbelievable that Ron could get messed up uh, enough for Nikki to take advantage of her. And if you watch the fucking match, I don't know what the hell match he was watching. It just aggravated me, if you can't tell. Um, Ronda gets knocked against the... By the way, Ronda's head was pretty scratched the hell up. I hope she didn't take that full of a bump because she seems like she's that dedicated to, but she got smashed against the uh, siding on the outside. Then Bree did the same exact thing. And then a third time it happened. So they were trying to like play on, you know, she's, she's gotten messed up and 
I thought it was a good match. I thought it was very well worked. I thought Nikki hit all of her spots. Um, I didn't think it was anything too long. It was basically two on one, so it kind of worked out for Ronda anyways. And I don't think Nikki Bell is a slouch. I mean, you're talking about someone that's that's multiple Divas champion. She's been in the ring and, and gone against just about everyone, you know. So it's – I just think people's perspective – I think people's heads are shoved so fucking far up their ass they can, like, taste their own head. I don't, I don't, that doesn't make any sense. I, I had a lot more passion behind that statement, but it just came off horrible, but so does a lot of people's opinions. So what are you going to do? Didn't think it was a great, that great of a match. Thought it was fine. That was a good way to close it out. Thought Ronda looked strong. Thought Nikki looked looked good too. And uh, I thought it was a cool uh, moment with the double Samoan, whatever the hell, the judo throw that she had with both ladies on her shoulders. Ronda Rousey's a monster. And I like the ending. I know a lot of smarts bitched about the fact, oh, why are all the women wrestlers on the fuck? Can you just shut up and enjoy something? Like, do you really have to go out <laughs> of your way bitch about everything? Why, why, why is Triple H out there to give the award for for uh, for Tony Storm? Shouldn't he be in the back? Just just shut the fuck up. I mean, I understand you want the the pageantry. You want your cake and you want to eat it. But guess what? Wrestling's fucking fake. We all know it. And if they want to enjoy on the ramp their first women's pay-per-view, I think they put enough people between Charlotte and, and Becky. Who gives a shit? That's how they signed off. Anyways, how'd you feel about the match? I'm going to be honest with you. Unfortunately, I didn't watch the matchup. Becky and Charlotte was all that I needed, but I didn't hear too much about the match, so it was good to hear that it was well. I didn't hear anybody complaining, so I figured that was a good sign. And I have nothing against Nikki and uh, Ronda. It was just time constraint for me. I had an event to do Sunday, so I was working, hosting an event on Sunday, and the next day I was preparing for Raw. So I watched I watched the Georgia pay-per-view. There's only two matches I did watch. Uh, I chose wisely, but I honestly didn't even watch, and I don't think that I will go back and watch it. But I saw the ending with everybody on the ramp, and that was beautiful. That was beautiful to me. It was kind of like yeah. a, um, it was like a curtain call, like at theater, like when everyone gets on the stage and takes a bow. That's hot or hot. But I don't expect them to do that for every show, but it was nice for the first one. Like, hey, fuck up. <laughs> we did it. I'm sure Jim Cornette popped a vein in his fucking head about it, but – I'm not going to lose sleep. I thought it was a very well-done pay-per-view, one of the best ones they've had this year um, as far as match quality and everything else. Because there's so many times I've gone to these damn pay-per-views, and they have some of my favorite fucking wrestlers, and somehow you get a Shinsuke AJ match. And you're like, what? I watched some Wrestle Kingdom. And, uh, WWE booking. But I thought this was very well done. I'm very appreciative of them taking this chance. And uh, I enjoyed it. So I guess that's all we had to say about that. And that's that's evolution. Because evolution says. All right, guys, let's uh, let's go over now um, a little thing called uh, uh, Crown Jewel. The reason why I'm saying it like this is, my God, could there be more controversy so for a, a wrestling event like ever? I mean, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor Noah has a lot to say about that. Um, I miss John Stewart. That's all I got to say. Uh, but yeah, people are not happy. WWE are are, are doing this still, um, and I get it. I, I get, I get 
why you would not watch it or why you would and I, I to an extent I don't understand why they made original well I understand the monetary reason but I don't understand the 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 reasoning in your head of yeah let's start a deal with Saudi Arabia for the next 10 years uh well that might That's just a long back time. yeah exactly it's a very very long time and um there's issues not even a year in you know, we have this stuff that's a huge, a uh, big thing going on where, and we talked about this last week, a reporter went over there and didn't come back, basically. Um, and uh, it doesn't look too good. <laughs> and the U.S. government's not going to stop Vince and WWE to go over there. But um, certain things uh, changed, if you will. Um <laughs> And you were talking about it, how you, you went over your your predictions, and obviously those changed as well because of, uh, you know, them having to change up the event. have to completely do it over. have to completely do it over. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, basically John Cena and Daniel Bryan said, I'm not fucking doing that, and I don't blame them. And that's – if it's a wrestler – you know, and they're either with morals or like John Cena is starting this huge movie career. If he doesn't want that type of negative publicity, I get it. But, uh, you know, in the same right, even though I don't think Vince is looking at it this way, he might be. If you already make a deal with that much money with the government of Saudi Arabia to do events, if you decide not to all of a sudden suddenly and say, screw it, not only are you losing, uh, I think it was like, I, and I could be wrong on the, on, the, on the amount, but I think after all said and done, it's like one point something billion dollars, and they're getting paid. They're getting paid a ridiculous amount each event um, throughout the course of time. So you lose that money. You have to cancel this event, reschedule it if you want to, spend even more money to do that, and then possibly piss off the government of Saudi Arabia. It's a lot of lose-lose, and I know that, and I think I think we talked about this exact same thing last week. I know that the the uh, the stuff that I think that the Stephanie Triple H side is projecting a, of of trying to change things. And look, we have, and I, I have no idea if she, if she requested or if they were like, "You got to go do it." And Renee was like, "Yay!" But Renee Young is going to be on the commentating team. Um, that's crazy. And that's pretty, that's pretty big. So apparently their whole entire thing is eventually they want to be able to have two women in a ring, and that, that's going to be progression. At the same time, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm a huge wrestling fan, but it's just wrestling. And if they just got you know, the ability to drive a year ago, I, I'm you know a performance art compared to overall within the country. There's so many damn factors in this thing. It's ridiculous. And then to put the cherry on top, God dang it! After as controversial as all of this, after as controversial as all of this is, Daniel Bryan getting out, John Cena getting out of it, Trevor Noah going up Vince McMahon's ass with his angry British accent and shit, and people just completely just destroying them. They decide they're going to bring the American-made man himself, Hulk Hogan, overseas to, to. Apparently, give the winner of the best in the world contest their trophy. You can't, wow! You can't make that this just broke earlier today. Like Jeffrey, this sounds like a fucking angle 
in wrestling. All this crazy shit. Before we go into going over the match, <laughs> how do you feel about all this craziness involved with Crown Jewel? Uh, I, can I be honest? I really don't care. <laughs> to be honest, I hate it that, and I would never say this to anyone that feels so passionate about it to their face, but I'm really a nonchalant. Now, I'm not going to say that. There's just certain things, unfortunately, that I don't care about, and I know that I'm probably one of the people that's wrong with the world, according to people, but I have a lot of personal things going on. There's a lot of other things that got my attention. It's voting season, and Saudi Arabia and WWE interaction isn't one of them. I feel like business has to happen. We talked about that briefly last year. This is business. There's a contract involved at this point. So it's going to happen in some sort of capacity. So I've already wrapped my mind around that. What can be – so asking WWE to not participate and to get out of that contract, that's, that's crazy. you got to think of some contracts that you're involved in as well. So it's not that easy. The event itself, I'm really excited about seeing my favorite rest of all time. As I said, Shawn Michaels back in action. The card, I really don't care for it, but I'm going to definitely click on that Shawn Michaels return match. I don't care what anybody says. And that's, that's just me. There's some things that I don't agree with on other people's attend, uh, on other people's ends. So we're just going to have to disagree, agree to disagree on Saudi Arabia and WWE. Um, I know there's wrong what's going on, but I, I don't care. Like, it, the controversy is great headlines for bloggers like me, though. <laughs> but... The the card is nothing special in my opinion, but especially after Roman Reigns was taken out of the triple threat matchup and John Cena, Daniel Bryan. So I'm just going to watch for Shawn Michaels, even though that Sweet Chan music was a little rough on The Undertaker on Raw. I'm sure he's going to have it together <laughs> by Friday. So, <laughs> so I'm hopefully, hopefully he doesn't knock out a motherfucker. <laughs> Right. I don't know if it was Undertaker's fault. I, I try and deflect anything off of Shawn Michaels, but it was a little – maybe it was the camera angle. Maybe it was something. But I do have a lot of faith that Shawn Michaels is going to show out on Friday. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I don't know this 100%, but Shawn's getting paid so much fucking money for this. I don't think it's going to be his last match. We're probably going to see him on this. We'll probably see him in probably about two to three other matches accumulating to WrestleMania. I will keep on saying that just because he's getting, he's getting the second biggest payday besides Brock Lesnar, I believe, which is re fucking ridiculous. Um, wow. And yeah, I just, I think that you can have your opinions and you can stick to your morals and I get it. I completely understand. But if, if, if people choose to watch the event, I don't think that you should down them. I don't think that's helping anything. And, you know, all my, my friends are part of the left. I, I get it and stuff like that. I listen to a lot of podcasts that are filmed in California. And, you know, there's a lot of situations that I agree with. And I hate bringing this back to politics, but it kind of goes around all within this whole entire fucking thing. And when I hear a comment, when I hear, like, a, a, a podcast, and they're like, hey, what we're going to do is we're not going to cover the event. We're letting you guys know ahead of time. We're going to do some video game-related thing to promote it, and then whatever money that we get from this thing that we're going to do, we're going to promote it towards a charity. That's great. That's awesome. I have no problem with that. But then for you to do a backhanded fucking thing where you're like, yeah, and, you know, for, for the small amount of people that just don't have uh, high morals that will be watching it, you guys can watch our thing. Go fuck yourself. Not cool. Like, Not cool. Not cool. Like, that's so 
snooty. Just keep on sniffing your farts and do whatever you got to do to get through it. But we're here not to talk about that type of crap. We're here to put that out to pasture and go over the matches themselves. Uh, First, starting with the WWE World Cup. So these are the matches. I guess we'll go match by match, and then after the four matches, we'll predict. We'll give our predictions of who will go all the way and what whatnot, Jeffrey. So the first match, it was supposed to be Seth Rollins versus John Cena. Obviously, John Cena decided to stay out of it. They threw Bobby Lashley in in a really horrible storyline fashion with Baron Corbin. You horrible. You horrible. <laughs> you seem like you're qualified. Like, my God, if Baron Corbin could not be a seven-foot fucking Keanu Reeves, I swear to God. Um, but, yeah, Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Um, I mean, there's two ways that you can go about this. For one thing, I like Leo Rush as a manager for Bobby Lashley. But the whole entire Lashley thing while matches are going on, that shit needs a fucking end. Because that's just not getting him good heat. That's getting him you know, that bad heat, like, we're going to change the channel heat um, or scream over you while we're at the in attendance watching. Not really. I'm sure they're going to do something similar with that match, but that's been bothering the fuck out of me. I feel like Dean's going to, you know, I don't know. I feel like Dean's going to get involved in one of these matches. Um, I'm going to see Seth Rollins winning this match against Bobby Lashley. But who knows? Maybe Dean will come in this first match take out Seth Rollins and maybe John Cena was supposed to go on. So Bobby Lashley will continue and it will make sense due to the situation, the storyline between Dean and Seth of how he's eliminated so quickly. Who do you think is going to win this first match? Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, like I said, I really wasn't thinking too much about this. Who's in the other raw match? If you don't mind me asking, who's in the other one? Kurt Angle and who? Dolph Ziggler. Um, I see Kurt Angle winning that one, so maybe Lashley will go over. I'm gonna go. I'll try and use logic, so I'm gonna go with Lashley. I don't know how. Since Dean Ambrose doesn't have a match listed, like, is he still gonna travel over there? Do they have like dark matches or house matches or something? Because he doesn't have a match yet, does he? Oh, he's traveling <laughs> over there. His wife's going over to Saudi Arabia. He's going fucking with her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. That is true. That is true. That is true. So I'm gonna go with Lashley. That's my answer. I'm gonna go with Lashley to win this one. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with you. I'll kind of just go into the next one. I see Lashley progressing. Seth Rollins getting taken out because of Dean. Kurt Angle beating Dolph Ziggler, which should be a great match. A lot of people don't realize. I mean, Dolph Ziggler basically is this generation's Kurt Henning. Um, he was also a collegiate uh, wrestler. And at one point in time was supposed to be Kurt Angle's protege. But they, they scrapped that and unfortunately had to deal with the Spirit Squad. So they should have a good match. Um, I think Kurt and Bobby Lashley will go on. Uh, and Kurt Angle, I think, is going to inevitably go to the end. I don't know if he'll actually win the whole entire thing, but he could. But I think Kurt Angle is going to basically win the Raw Bracket. Now, the two matches on SmackDown side, both should be a lot of fun. Jeff Hardy versus Miz and Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton. Um, I think the Miz is going to beat Jeff Hardy from some type of heelish shit. Um, and I think Rey Mysterio is going to beat Randy Orton. Now, here's the weird thing. This added stipulation they threw in there out of nowhere that makes absolutely no sense. Shane McMahon? (laughs) That Shane McMahon on SmackDown announced, hey, if you guys progress in it and you lose against a Raw person, you're done. 
what? And then Corey Graves, which I love to field day with it. It was stupid. <laughs> so dumb. So and then Corey stupid. Graves was like, well, why would anyone have the want to get out of the first bracket? You know? So I see Miz going, fuck this, maybe, and Jeff Hardy progressing. Uh, maybe Randy Orton does the same thing. And you have Ray versus Jeff, um, which would be a great match. I think it's going to be inevitably, in my opinion, Kurt Angle, Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio goes over, big feel-good moment, and Hulk Hogan comes out to Real American <laughs> with the trophy. <laughs> well, I'm not right to be honest. I really want Ray Mysterio to win. I want Ray Mysterio to win for sure. Uh, Ray Mysterio versus The Miz, or even Ray Mysterio versus Jeff Hardy, face face. It's a lot of face face moments happening, but I feel like it just makes you feel good. Why not? Makes you feel good. So I want Ray Mysterio to win the whole thing, but that added stipulation on made me think like, are they trying to send somebody off the Raw? And if they are, then who? That's a good question. (laughs) Can Kurt Angle really, and I mean, I love Kurt Angle getting older though can he really surpass doing more than one match in one day i mean honestly can he go up to three matches in one day all performances it would have to be it, there's a lot of factors so we'll have to see uh the next big match smackdown tag team championship the bar versus the new day hey guys big shows the heel again so we're gonna throw him with the fucking bar all right cool whatever um <laughs> uh, I don't see the bar losing this. Like, the New Day j- had the title. They just lost. I don't want to see them flip-flop between the teams over and over again because they did that literally, like, a year and a half ago. And I love both tag teams. But we need to get some new flavor in there. I mean, the Usos have been out fucking chilling for a while now. But then again, also, I don't want it just to be those three teams. I think there's more. And even though I love all of them, especially the Usos, there should be more going on. I want to know what Big Show is going to do within this match. To I don't even know why he's there. Honestly, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> but for, for shits and giggles, I'm going to say the bar retains against the New Day. What do you think? Totally, I would want the bar to retain. I don't see the. Hopefully, it has a great ending. That's all I can say. But I see the bar winning. Hopefully, it has a fun ending. Well, the next one, WWE. The, um, the, the New Day doing the brood on SmackDown last night. That was amazing. <laughs> that was I love that, dude. That was incredible. <laughs> like, love the New Day. They can have those those quirky Thanksgiving and Halloween matches, but still, dude, they're such great entertainers. I really, and like we've talked about it on the show before in the past, man, I think it would have been so awesome if Kofi would have won TLC and they kind of hot potatoed that thing, uh, that, that briefcase inevitably won. And for the first time ever, you had them freebirding the title between the three of them as a faction. I think that would have been so cool and different. But then they did the same exact shit. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And <laughs> they, end up, they end up being the tag champions again. So I know that when it comes down to it, the New Day is going to go down as one of the biggest dominated tag teams of all time. They have records for the longest, the most amounts they're going to beat. I mean, it's it's pretty damn impressive. It's just sometimes individually you can see that all those guys could do great by themselves. And you hate saying that because they're such a great unit. But it is true that Kofi's a legend by himself. 
And Biggie and Xavier Woods could do great things in a singles run by themselves as well. So, food for thought, you know? So true. So true. All right, the WWE Championship match, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Hey, I I love, and and let me just say, if you guys want to see another great match that happens, definitely check out the Daniel Bryan, um, AJ Styles match. To the motherfucker I was arguing with, from WWE in the Facebook comment section about this match that bitched about the fact that it took up 40 minutes of the show, you're an idiot. I don't even know why you watch wrestling. You were bitching about Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles having a 40-fucking-minute match on SmackDown. God, I can't understand. That's I don't crazy. understand. But uh, that's I like what they did. They gave the viewers that match. Daniel Bryan, I don't know where this really puts him, if he's going to have some problems with, uh, you know... I don't think he will. I think they understood, and that was it, and, you know, they're going to keep on going. But I don't know what happens with him in the storyline. I didn't see him winning, just like what happened on SmackDown. I didn't see him beating AJ Styles at Crown Jewel. So I love the added element of taking Samoa Joe, because really, it should be the three of them dominating the, the, uh, the, the heavyweight division. It should be Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. They're three of your best wrestlers. Miz could be in there if you want. Randy Orton. But I think those are three of the best characters that you have. I would love Samoa Joe to finally beat AJ Styles. I just don't see it happening, especially due to the circumstances of him being put in there. Uh, so AJ Styles retains. I don't know what this means, him going on. It's so weird. Since Daniel Bryan took himself out of that, what could have been? have no idea. I just feel that they're probably not going to change the championship uh, because I think we're going to get a new champion regardless for the universal one. So AJ is going to win, but it should be a good match. What do you think? I think that I love Samoa Joe, but I just, similar to the Bear of Corbin put in Lashland, it's just, I know the behind the scenes. So it's just like, eh. Like the, the factor and the want for the match went down um, from the Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. I appreciate what they did on SmackDown. But it's just uh, the interest in the match went down. That was another match that I was interested in, opposed to Shawn Michaels' return. Um, so, Samoa Joe, I love him, but the interest kind of just went down for me because I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like AJ is going to win. So, I'm yeah, it doesn't really matter. Do I understand. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to take it off of AJ. Um, all right, this next one, Universal Championship match. Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. I swear, Ooh. and I um, I don't hate Brock Lesnar. I don't. I, I like Brock Lesnar a lot. <laughs> okay. He is one of the only guys that you can literally say he's won the UFC heavyweight, he's had the IWGP heavyweight, and also the WWE and the world heavyweight. So the one that has the lineage with the NWA. Those are some of the biggest titles in combat sports. One of them being really legit with the UFC one. He's a, he's a monster. When he was younger, he was so phenomenal in the ring. Now, yeah, he's a little bit lazier because he shouldn't have to freaking put his body on the line. So I, I don't understand all the hate. But if fucking Brock Lesnar wins his damn title, I'm just going to – I mean, it, then I'll just know it's dollar signs because then I'll know it's Vince wanting his title to be on Brock Lesnar's shoulder when he goes against whoever, which does not make sense to me. I don't think Dana White would want to do that, but maybe he wouldn't have that much of a choice. 
But also, if Brock loses, that makes professional wrestling look that much worse in the eyes of UFC fans if he's holding the damn universal title. Braun Strowman, just put the strap on him and see what you can do with him. You gave him so much momentum and just killed it by turning him heel. It's like him and Seth were so loud with the reaction from the audience on Monday Night Raw. And then you're like, all right, Seth's going to be in a faction to try to get Roman over, and we're going to make Braun a heel to try to get Roman over. And I think that was a really terrible idea. Um, try out Braun Strowman, man. you got a giant Stone Cold Steve Austin motherfucker. See what you can do with it. Uh, and if it's not working, I don't – got a lot of choices to go by. Uh, I, I think that him and Drew McIntyre in a program together would be fucking awesome. So that's the route I would go. But I could see them just going, you know what, Brock Lesnar's getting the damn title. But I'm going to go with Braun Strowman. What do you think, man? I want Brock Lesnar to win. And I'm looking against Braun Strowman. I have to tell people that I have nothing against. I just love to see Brock Lesnar with the championship. It just brings me credibility to it. I have nothing against Braun. I just don't care to see him with the belt. If anything, swerves me and have Drew McIntyre win it. But I wanted to stay away from Braun. But Brock Lesnar would be my go-to with everything that's presented. I just love Brock as the champion. It's kind of awkward not having him champion sometimes <laughs> for me. All right. Well, um, you don't have to come on the show anymore, man. So. <laughs> Yeah, I love Brock. <laughs> All right, so and uh, that was obvious. People listening, I was <laughs> kidding. Um, <laughs> the big match, I think the the marquee match everyone hyped up for, the Brothers What's of that? Destruction oh, versus DX. I don't expect the match the last to be that time great. ever match. This is the last time. The last ever, time right? ever for Armageddon, <laughs> unless we have it tomorrow. To conduct our legacy. Um, I don't expect this to be that great of a match. I don't. But it's going to be fun. I mean, I think that's the point. I think a lot of people bitched about the Australia match. And it's like, oh, it was so methodical and slow. It's like, guys, what the fuck do you expect? Undertaker's getting old. Triple H can only do so much, you know. Uh, I think that out of all of them, out of the four of them, including the Tennessee, uh, you know, mayor, Taker looks the worst in the ring. Um, he had hip surgery. He's getting older. He's the oldest out of all of them. So I kind of allow myself to enjoy stuff by realizing reality. Uh, so I'm not going to bitch about this match. I'm getting to see four of my favorite wrestlers from my favorite era of wrestling in the ring again against each other. And I think the main thing, like Jeffrey, my favorite wrestler of all time is HBK, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. And I want to see what he can do. This is all of us going to be, like, analyzing it like some asshole. Probably back when, like, like when people were analyzing uh, Michael Jordan when he went to the Washington Wizards. Like, does he still have it? Can he do it? Does he, can he, oh, oh that's, that's, a good that elbow, that's a good comparison. Uh, I don't know, that, that elbow drop looks a, a little bit bad, you know, blah, 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 blah. But we're all going to be like that. That's fine. Super critical. We just want Sean to be good enough to be able to do another match outside of this. So, this is our, like, little testing uh, to find out that Triple H is, uh, is still great in the ring. I don't give a fuck. You can say that he, he's a slower style, blah, blah, blah. You know, high flying is not the only thing possible. Um, it's like the argument 
over, you know, who's a better wrestler between someone like a Will Ospreay, which I love, all over the place, or a Kazuchika Okada. I'm going to say Okada because Okada can do a lot of stuff that Will Ospreay does, but he chooses not to. And I love Will's high-flying, crazy, risky style, but Okada's, all the other shit that he does is on point. The selling, the stuff in between things, all that type of stuff. Just the crisp, you know, nature of, of wrestling style. So I don't need high fly. I feel like an old fucking man yelling, those damn kids and they're, they're wrestling. Like I'm Jim Cornette. <laughs> so I'm just saying, the Triple H doesn't bother me with his wrestling style at all. I, I, Hunter can keep on doing it every once in a while, and I'll be fine with him doing his greatest hits thing. Taker scares me. Kane's fine as well. <laughs> I think Kane can handle a good match. Taker kind of scares me just because I don't want him to taint his legacy. His legacy. Um, I think he's great, and I love Undertaker. And when I saw, oh, my God, when Roman Reigns, I think it was the first time I really saw weakness is when Roman Reigns, I think, was trying to tombstone him. He reversed the tombstone, and Undertaker couldn't give his body the way he used to, and basically Roman Reigns had to deadlift him, and everyone blamed it on Roman and was like, no, no, that had – Taker couldn't do anything in that. Like, you know, it, it's kind of like Andre towards the end of his career in the, in the 80s. The reason, yeah, Hulk Hogan scoop slammed Andre in the 70s and early 80s in different places, AWA, WWF, many a times. What was impressive, well, besides the fact that they publicized it as the first time ever, what was impressive about him doing it at WrestleMania three is because Andre didn't get, he couldn't give his body anymore. So basically Hulk Hogan had a deadlift and fucking scoop slam his ass and popped every muscle going up when he lifted it, him over his shoulders. Like, so that's impressive. Uh, Undertaker's same weight. I'm not saying it's kind of a funny term to give him due to his character, but he's basically dead weight at this, at this, uh, Look you at know, that. Cheap giggles. <laughs> I'm not, and I, I, I think that you can, <laughs> you can extent like you're looking for the match, but Undertaker, it's like, all right, dude, like, like I love that he can do the, uh, the old school. I'm scared that he's gonna slip and fucking fall from the, like that type of shit. It's like, just don't do that, please. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I can't wait to see Shawn Michaels though. That's all that matters to me. What do you think, buddy? Same. I don't expect for this to be a classic. I don't think this is to be anything. I'm going to enjoy it for what it's worth, for what they give me. Excited to see Shawn Michaels in the ring. And there we go. I think that on marketing, on paper, it looks amazing still. The graphics, the build-up. They've been putting in work for the build-up week after week on the mic, in attendance, in terms of filming uh, promos, and I am excited to see Shawn Michaels back. I'm excited to see the entrance, him in action, to see if he can still go. And I see – who do I see winning? I, the Brothers of Destruction. Oh, I think yeah. I think the Brothers of Destruction. That's my if the Brothers of Destruction wins, Jeffrey, does that mean that uh, Triple H is going to eat that pin? Because I don't think they're going to make Shawn eat that pin. I don't think that Shawn Michaels had any problem eating pans towards towards his career during this recent run. So I wouldn't be surprised if Shawn Michaels did take it. I feel like sometimes I understand. I feel like sometimes people do think of that a little deep, but I feel like Shawn Michaels is one of these people that I may be mistaken, but I don't think that he 
cares about it too much. I may be wrong, but I see Shawn Michaels honestly taking the pen and looking good doing it. Like he may do some overselling like SummerSlam 2005 <laughs> to the Undertaker and take the pin, <laughs> which would be hilarious if he does that. Let me give him some ideas. <laughs> yeah, imagine, I agree. Imagine Shawn Michaels going all the way across the room doing the old school or snake eyes. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh, Lord, <laughs> I'm down, man. I don't see DX winning, but no. hey, man. It would be whatever, and I guess <laughs> Look at you. that's how we... <laughs> it's what really matters right now is what happens with Sean after fucking words. We just want to see the yes. little uh, hints that we're gonna get, and see potentially uh, also what the fuck he looks like bald without a uh, bandana on, which is gonna be really scary. But uh, you know, tell me about it. The fact <laughs> that we might get him and Undertaker again, possibly at Survivor Series. The fact that we could get him and Daniel Bryan or him and AJ Styles at Mania. Oh, that's such really a I'll throw Seth Rollins in. Yep. Give me Dean Ambrose. A lot of people never knew they wanted to see Triple H versus Dean Ambrose, so that was good. Got some good stuff. Well, if they didn't break up, man, I'd say Dean and Seth versus Sean and Trips. I think that would be an awesome match. Oh, but, uh, like the legacy rivalry. <laughs> that was good. Well, I think the sound clip kind of, you know, uh, accumulates what we're just talking about and this pay-per-view. And if you have that much of a problem with the pay-per-view and you're angry at people are are, uh, are listening to it. Not down with that. We got two words for you. All right, let's move on. Uh, another controversial thing. We were just talking about Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I wanted to throw this to you. A lot of people, Brian Metzler, a lot of people in the wrestling, um, you know, critic slash media community were pretty pissed off that they used, um, and it, we talked, we, we, we predicted this last week, man, that they yeah. used um, certain aspects of the Roman Reigns stuff to drive the storyline between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I don't think they went. I don't think they did that bad. I think they kind of set that self up. Wrestling is wrestling. This is what they've done in wrestling for a long time. I don't think Roman Reigns has a problem with it. I'm pretty sure that he might have actually organized it or helped organize that with everyone and just made sure that was cool. I don't think Seth or Dean would do something that they're not comfortable doing. And, oh, I said Brian Metzler. God, I, I combined them just a second ago. Damn it. No, I, I mean, Dave had, a lot, Dave had a lot to say on the Wrestling Observer, but I just have to say, and I, I, if you don't agree, and if you're a big Brian Alvarez, I, I apologize. I really do. But I think the motherfucker just needs attention. Um, I still want to know how someone whom which I've never seen a goddamn match from his at all um, and is known for making – Somewhat a propaganda, you know, anti Fall of Nitro book. That's that's his big claim to fame. He is a radio DJ. Okay, they have they have bits. They get all like out of bent out of shape about stuff just to make just to be outraged. And I see right through his shit half the fucking time. Um, I, like I said, I don't think these guys would go into it 
being spiteful. I don't think the WWE would, would do that, trying to be distasteful. I don't – they barely said that much of it, and why would they not use it in a storyline? I just feel like sometimes that motherfucker needs a binky to suck on sometimes. I really, really do. Like, I, I don't know. And Dave, Dave, too, you know, to an extent, Dave, you just got out of having this big controversy – and it, like either one of these guys will hear this or anything like that. But seriously, you just got this big controversy where you basically said that Peyton Royce looked like she put on a little bit of weight. But, oh, no, no, I wasn't saying she was getting fat. I was saying I was being cheeky about the fact that she got breast implants. All right, dude, whatever. But complain about this shit on your show nonstop. But it has nothing to do with your viewer rate or trying to get people to listen to anything. It's all because it comes from the kindness of your heart. And How could they ever do that? And Blah, blah, blah. I respect the shit out of Dave, uh, Dave Metzler. Brian Alvarez, on the other hand, I think he's a whiny little fucking bitch. And that's and – no, I'm not challenging him to a fight or anything like that. I think it's cool that he's friends with, uh, you know, Filthy Tom Lawler. And I actually do enjoy their show sometimes because it seems like Brian stops acting like a fucking radio personality and just acts like a normal person. But he's got to do whatever to, you know, get people to, to listen to the Observer. And I get that. And I'll keep on paying for it. But sometimes I just – if I could be one of those calling guys that could just put him in his place without him hanging up on you, you know, within two seconds, I would have a lot of fun just telling him how much I just think it's a joke that he's this wrestling expert, but I've never seen a fucking match with him in it, and he's known for making a, a book about how Monday Nitro died. Like, sorry, end rant. Basically, throughout this whole entire thing, I don't think it was that big of a deal, but a bunch of people apparently did – Jeffrey, I apologize for my ranting against Brian Alvarez. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it. It's comical to me, to be honest. Like, when I first found out about it, and I think that it was kind of through you as well last week that people was, like, getting upset. But I actually had people physically in person was kind of like, man, they shouldn't have done that. Uh, I was watching wrestling, and another officer who usually watches it with me, he was kind of like, I don't like how they did that. And I was kind of like, well, how the, what else do you think these people should do? That was a great capitalizing moment. I'm kind of like, are you guys not? Like, did it not make sense to anyone but me? Like, but there's so many people that was upset about it. And it just really was kind of, I had to question, I'm kind of, are you serious right now? I was uh, like, I don't know. It, Wait, it just made perfect sense to me. <laughs> you know, now it's like oh, it could have went further in terms of, but even with this is the thing about the Eddie Guerrero one because I was about to go down the list. But I'm just gonna use Eddie Guerrero one. I didn't like that one, not because of what happened, but because it just wasn't good to me. <laughs> I really didn't care for the Rey Mysterio um, using Eddie Guerrero because it wasn't good. I feel like they could have did it better, but um, or I feel like there it was limited to do it better. Uh, because of the factors that was played into it. So I felt like it just wasn't going to be good. Not the actual usage of it, but it just wasn't good to me. Now, but this actual Roman Reigns, it was perfect. Like, literally perfect. You couldn't have written it better. It wrote itself, to be honest. So I feel like there are some times where they haven't pushed it, um, in a sense, but it's just because it wasn't good. This one was like um, Bob Holly. That's a good one. I mean, Bob Holly was legit injured by Brock Lesnar, and we can go on and on just thinking about him, but that one kind of wrote itself. It's a touchy subject, like, 
bro, you really injured me. <laughs> and now we're about to make it a storyline, but it was good. It's good, bro. Sometimes these things write itself in pro wrestling. It, 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 it just, it, I mean, you're, you're basically, if you have that type of attitude, you're acting like Roman's already done. That's how I feel. And I feel like they would fucking talk to him and make sure something like this is okay. And I'm sure he'd be like, yeah, of course, fucking do whatever. I've heard so many times where people were outraged about something they did against Ric Flair and a storyline for this or that or blah, blah, blah. And he was like, dude, it's wrestling. Like, give me a break. Where I, I can understand if someone, you know, with Eddie Guerrero, because he died. I could understand if they did something like this with Chris Benoit because of what he did or Owen Hart. But Roman's battling leukemia. He's going to get badass about it. And it's unfortunate, but it just, they just, and I think they made it, and maybe it's just me. I thought they made it more about the past, about him saying, well, maybe I deserve this. Maybe I deserve this because I did this to you, because that's where it stems from. But the fact that they kind of tweaked it, like, how the fuck could you do this on the night that our best friend, you know, has to retire? I didn't think it was really that in that bad taste. And I think that people nowadays, I don't know if they really even get offended. I think they just like to get offended, if that makes sense. I have no idea. I agree. I, I don't know what's going on. I thought that people would have loved it, to be honest, especially the smart. Cause I thought they would have ate it up and loved it. So I'm actually really shocked that people aren't appreciating a storyline that's really crossing over to to real time. Like this isn't no cheesy storyline cartoons. Like this is some heavy hitting stuff. So I'm I'm a little shocked. And it's kind of like I hate to say this, but it's not real. I'm pretty sure they're handshaking about it in the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on, you guys. That's like you got the busting blood vessels and arguing about it while they're like. Having a time cheersing to it, like cheers, we did it. <laughs> now they wouldn't, they wouldn't pull that shit in the eighties because someone, the Dean Ambrose would have got stabbed in the audience. Uh, <laughs> it's not the fucking eighties, so they can do that shit. Fact, uh, All right, our next, uh, I think this is a pretty significant news item, uh, very big for Evolve, and I'm. I'm there were a lot of indie marks complaining about this, but I actually think this is nothing but uh, a good collaboration that WWE has been progressing with Evolve, um, in which at their last show, you know, the Street Profits, which I love the Street Profits, Montez Ford is money. You know, I hate I, – <laughs> I think everyone says that about him, and I feel bad for Angelo Dawkins, but it's just something about his personality and charisma. He's going to go places. Um they won the tag team championships, and Fabian Archer, who has shown great wrestling ability, just never really done too much in NXT, he beat fucking Shane Strickland and got the Evolved Championship. Uh, a new relationship brewing between WWE and Evolve and WWN. Um, I think it's awesome. I think that what Triple H has done between companies like that, between companies like Progress, and ICW over in the UK, I think that's great. And I think that eventually what I would hope would happen is that maybe we can get some of their events. And you can you can log in and find out progress and evolve events and, and all for yourself and stuff like that. But if they could get make some money off WWE premiering them on their network, it would be pretty awesome. Um, I'm hoping Shane Strickland's 
there's been a lot of talks about him making, and I love him on MLW, uh, but there's been a lot of talks of him making it over to NXT. And I think that he's someone that, that they've been looking at very much. So and we talked about this last week, like a Walter, like uh, certain other guys, but um, either way, I don't think this is bad. I don't think this is WWE shoving themselves down the indie, the small baby indie promotion's throat. I think, if anything, this excels both companies, NXT and Evolve. What do you think, man? Uh, to be honest, to be honest, I didn't care for it originally. Like, in terms of when I say I didn't care for it, I didn't like it. And I don't know why. It just didn't sit well with me. But actually having the Evolve pay-per-view come together because I'm not going to say it, but I'm really big on the indies here um, in Atlanta. Uh, so one of the uh, indie superstars, and I'm not going to say his name again because I wouldn't continue to tell me, he told me about it. And I think that that's probably why I didn't care for it when I first heard it. Okay, um, um, I just wasn't feeling it. But actually after it happening and seeing Gabe remarks from it and knowing about progress and what all the other WWE has been involved with and what they're doing. I think that this is a good thing. I see the wrestlers are excited about it. So I just want to see it continue to develop because I'm not 100% with it, but I'm like 70% now. So I'm like, okay. These crossovers. I've always been a fan of the crossovers, though. So let me say that. Let me actually get off of the negative um, aspect. I've always been a fan of the crossovers, the Velveteen Dreams, the Austin Theories, the Darby Allen, the Musafa. Um, I'm excited about the crossovers. So I think this is going to be a great thing with that being said. I feel like there's a lot of layers to where this could go. And I do love MLW. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I love MLW so much. Yeah, Clip Bowers killing it, man. What a fucking program. Give you a little bit of WCW, a little bit of ECW. Tony Schiavone fucking announcing for them. If you guys haven't checked out MLW, definitely check it out. It's on YouTube for free. They let you watch it. I subscribe to it. Like, my my bell goes off to it. Like, a new episode is up. Okay. (laughs) Let me watch. (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. I'm I'm right with you. I, I was even saying, and I mean, just because I love that they brought back the, the Hart Foundation, but it's Davey Boy Smith Jr., Teddy Hart, and Brian Pillman Jr., and I love that quality. And I love PCO and his resurgence of being this, PCO, you know, one of the Quebecers. PCO, PCO, PCO. He's so nice. He's so nice. So this, is, nice. This, is, uh, this is an idea that kind of goes into the fact that it's Halloween tonight. Um, a little fancy booking. I would love for Kevin Sullivan – to make his his own attempt at the Dungeon of Doom, but not make it quirky, and have it by having PCO, um, who are my four guys? It was PCO, uh, Brody, uh, fuck, what the hell's his damn last name? Brody can't no, that that's that's Luke Harper. I can't think of Brody's name. It's not Bruiser Brody. It's uh, the guy with tattoos. Either way, him. PCO, LaParca, and Gangrel as like this four-way old, older, fierce guy thing that Kevin Sullivan brings out or some shit. They just they, they have a lot of stuff over there, man. They have the Lucha Brothers doing their stuff, which if you love Pentagon and uh, Filthy Tom Lawler, man, who 
is very much he's a legit badass ex UFC guy, and he has that 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 kind of Roddy Roddy Piper aspect to him. Shane Strickland, Tommy Dreamer's always over there. It's a lot of fun. If you guys haven't checked it out on YouTube, definitely check it out. Um, another, you know, this wouldn't be that big of a deal, but people are making it big of a deal, and I think it's because a lot of people, the imagery kind of harpens back to something that happened in the 80s. But recently, Tanahashi came to save Okada from the OG Bullet Club slash chaos sort of, I don't know what the hell it's called, Jay White syndicate, if you will. Kind of was in his ass jump, basically, by Tamatanga and all those guys. And, uh, Tanahashi came out for the save, and at one point, they kind of handshaked. And it looks like they might be going in the direction. Jeffrey, could we be getting the Mega Powers with these two in New Japan, if you will? Kind of like the Hulk Hogan Macho Man collaboration with the two of them that will result, obviously, in them going into each other with another match. Or are people looking too much into it? I think that it's a little bit of both, unfortunately. But, like, people want it. <laughs> as I've been seeing online, like, people want it. And sometimes we as fans or um, viewers, we sometimes want something so bad that looks so deep into it. But also, you just have to be realistic. Everything happens for a reason. So they're plotting something for sure. He didn't come out there for no reason. And I feel like if they know what's good for him, we better get a mega pile. <laughs> and it better explode on the biggest event that's coming up in 2019. So if they know what's good for them. <laughs> so I think that the fans are reaching, and I feel like it's going to potentially be a slower bill than people would want, but they better do it. They better. They better. I want it. I definitely want it. <laughs> Look at you. I, I want don't... it. Tetsuya Naito was talking shit about it Which I love also Throwing a little bit of heel work in there But um, yeah man I mean they kind of represent that type of uh, You know concept of like A Macho Man Randy Savage level Character if you will and a Hulk Hogan level Character for New Japan So they've already had this feud This whole like passing of the ace Tanahashi's having his Push Okada's kind of gone down be a good way to even things out and also have a really good collaboration. You don't have, I don't even know what the fuck chaos is anymore. I think it's just him, Ishii and Goto. Maybe, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rocky Romero, which that should help a lot. Uh, um, and the best friends. I think that's it. I, I really think that that's chaos now, uh, that Jay White and all of them left. So, Hey, we'll have to see, but I love Hiroshi Tanahashi and I absolutely love Kazuchika Okada. So either way, cool stuff. All right, we got a couple more things before we close it out. This one was interesting. Uh, Tyree, uh, Tyrone Woodley kind of um, – well, he, he had some stuff to say about Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan on his what podcast. I'm a, huge Joe, I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. I love his podcast. But Joe Rogan had Kelly Slater on his show. And, of course, even though I like a lot of stuff that Joe says about philosophy or politics or, and his love for MMA – he slams wrestling quite a bit. As long as someone like DDP or Josh Barnett are not on his shows, and then he plays cool with it. But he's gotten a lot better about it. He went off on uh, about CM Punk uh, on one of his last shows where Kelly Slater was on it. Said he's a real good, de- good guy, but he has no talent in the octagon. And said that Logan Paul is a, probably a better fighter than he is. Uh, apparently Logan Paul has been 
trying to do shit in MMA. I thought he fell off fell off the planet. I was kind of hoping about that, but apparently it's not flat, people. So he didn't fall off the planet. Um, either way, Tyrone Woodley had some comments about this shit because Tyrone Woodley was in his training camp and helped uh, train CM Punk. So I think he took it more as a personal shot against him. And when asked about it, he said, uh, watch your mouth, Joe. First thing I have to stand on Joe Rogan stones, come up off my homie, CM Punk. You got smoke with him. You got smoke with me. So watch your mouth. Damn. Tyrone Woodley. Mm. Um, is, is that a weird interaction? Do you think that he's basically taking it to heart a little bit too much because he trained CM Punk? Maybe he's taking the fact that, like, I don't think Joe's going after the training of CM Punk. He just obviously is a very brilliant professional wrestler. It just didn't translate well, especially based on his age uh, within the octagon. <laughs> or, or does Tyrone Woodley have – you know, he has some claim to tell him to shut the fuck up. Like, what do you think about all this? Honestly, it's another case of... I feel like Tyrone does have a case. I feel like he, he could have just been silent, but I feel like sticking up for himself and CM Punk was, isn't a bad thing at all. I don't feel like it's one of those moments where it should be mind your business. I feel like Joe said his piece, and whenever you say things like that, there is potential people that's not going to agree for one and potential uh, to get some backlash. And I feel like he's defending himself and he's entitled to it. I could imagine how much work he put in with CM Punk and for us to just the name to be dragged across the mud in a sense. Mm, I, I feel like why not? Like you said, it's peace. If there's a response that go back for it, I'll be here for it because I like messy things like that. But <laughs> I would love for a response back to that. But uh, he said his piece, and he stood his ground. Like, I love it. I don't think that he he's overreacting at all to answers. I don't think he's overreacting. <laughs> well, and, and like I said, I, I really – I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. I listen to his podcast. I love – a lot of the stuff he's had when he's had Neil deGrasse Tyson and just random people. He's a great talker. I hate when he fucking talks about professional wrestling because it was kind of like when we were talking about it last week and I made that comparison. It's like the people that evaluate it, that are looking at it as something that's not athletic, is just blows my mind. It's just a different style of athleticism. It's more of a performance than an actual competition. But the competition itself is the matches and how good the quality is match the match instead of like who the fuck wins it, obviously. But someone like Joe Rogan won't even watch a match like Okada versus Omega to actually see something like, oh, wow, this is something I would like. He just downs it no matter what because of the reflection probably of the 80s. Not NWA, but the fucking WWF stuff, which I loved as a kid, but obviously doesn't hold up as well. And I disagree with Joe's notion on that. I I, I hate people that are like, no, I can't get into that. It just wouldn't work. It's like real, especially people that are huge fans of UFC and MMA, it's like, I mean, it's, it's extremely competitive and it's, it's very full contact if you watch it. And then again, I say that, and then I watch Raw and I'm like, I would never want anyone that watches MMA to watch this fucking shit sometimes uh, because they would get completely the wrong impression. But, you know, when you have a match like Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, for instance, and if you are someone that would be evaluating that and you just couldn't get into it because of the fact that like, it, it's, oh, well, it's fake. That's it. And you can't enjoy 
the 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 quality of performance. I really I really feel like that would be like watching a skateboarder try to you know do something in a certain amount of time, a bunch of tricks, and being like, well, he's not facing anyone, so fuck it. Like, well, no, that's that's a stupid way of looking at it. So, props to Woodley for for saying something, for uh, sticking up for his buddy, and you know. I will say I, I do have a lot of respect for CM Punk for trying it. I don't know why the fuck he did, um, but he did. So what are you going to do? Now, if you'd stop trying to sue his buddy Cole Cabana, that would be awesome and making him not look like a giant douchebag. But that's another right? story. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, oh, well, what, what are you going to do, Phil Brooks? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our last topic of news, if you will, that we'll go into is something that's currently, I think, still going on. The uh, Cruise of Jericho is going on right now. A lot of the events themselves, uh, the podcasts, they're available if you pay for them, I think, off of uh, Fight, uh, the Fight app. And we'll be able to watch a lot of the matches, I believe, this weekend from the Fight app if they're not already available. But my biggest thing is <laughs> I love – Chris Jericho, he gets wrestling so well. He completely, him and uh, Jr. Just just a report from last week completely turned down that rumor about them starting off the promotion. All bullshit. But either way, the Young Bucks came out. The 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 Bucks. I forgot what the hell they were calling themselves. Uh, uh, the Alpha. No no yeah, it's, it's the Alpha Club. Um. But they all came out, and if you haven't seen the picture, it's it's all over Facebook and Twitter on uh, Chris Jericho's page. But they were all dressed as Young Bucks, including Chris Jericho. He looked literally like he was Chris Jericho pulled out from fucking WCW in, in the Lionheart years. Um, I don't know really the, uh, you know, <laughs> results of the matches. It was the three of them versus Kenny, Marty Skrull, and um, – and Cody, Cody Rhodes. I feel mm-hmm. like I could, if I were to book that, if I was Jericho, I would have it where the Bucks just turn on him and all, all of them beat the crap out of him. And then something, <laughs> someone comes and it becomes a five on five with like Jericho and some guys from impact. Cause I know they already had, man, what I'm mad about is they had a chance to have John Morrison, the impact champion and Kenny Omega, the IWGP champion go against each other. And they didn't. So that's my uh, my only big. I just I've always wanted to see the two of those guys tear shit up. We t- I talked to to John Morrison about that. That that's one of the guys he would love to work with. And I feel, and I think I said this last week, that John Morrison has reflected off being that wrestler that's so amazing with the Amer- both American and the uh, Mexican audience. Obviously, with all of his work in AAA, just like Kenny has done with America and New Japan, or with Japan over in New Japan. So it would have been cool to have those two guys tangle things up. I also, there's a lot of questions. Did they did they further, like we said, the story between Don Callis and Kenny? Apparently, Don Callis is going back to New Japan to announce, and that's going to start happening soon. So we'll find out a lot about this event, but I think mainly what I'm asking you, Jeffrey, besides you know, why didn't we fucking go on this, this cruise? Like, do we fuck up? <laughs> why we didn't go on this cruise? Oh, my God. I, I remember seeing that. I just knew I didn't have the money for it. Yeah, hopefully next year I'll be balling from, 
from all this media, to be honest. But I do want to shout out to all the wrestling fans because I saw a tweet of someone saying that they were bullied. It was a female that was saying she was bullied because she spends so much money on these wrestlers in terms of attending the cruise and and the merch. And because people spend a lot of money, the WrestleMania packages just dropped recently. And these things do cost a lot of money. So shout out to all the dedicated wrestling fans that don't care what anybody says about them. They get called virgins. They get called nerds. They get called so much negative things for just being so passionate and supportive of of their heroes and being judged for their age. But I have nothing against it. Seems like everyone's having a good time. Security is doing one hell of a job of keeping things under wraps. Uh, I wish I would have went. It looks like amazing. If I'm not mistaken, they can hang out with the wrestlers. Wrestlers are cool to hang out with. They're we're really people. So I can imagine being in that setting. So hopefully next year. It seems like this isn't Jericho first cruise, right? This isn't his first time doing this. I feel like this, this is, is first a grander scale. Okay, this is the first one. Uh, but yeah, I I think that it definitely won't be a last, especially with all the success and now talking about it and what we're saying is just going to hype it up some more for the next one. Like, everybody's going to be curious to be like, okay, I got to get on that cruise. Now, even myself, like, let me budget a little differently this year. <laughs> like, how can I get on it next year? But I would have I would have loved to have been, like, so much talent. And Chris Jericho is, is the GOAT. He is the GOAT. He is the GOAT, man. <laughs> he is. He His longevity, I think, it, you could say it matches almost a Ric Flair's longevity. I will actually say that type of bold of a statement. Um, I just, he keeps on reinventing himself, man, and just keeps on going. And he's still the IWGP intercontinental champion. I, I just, I love the fact that he tried to co- like convince Vince to let him uh, put his title on the line, but lose to Seth, who was the IC champion at SummerSlam. And thought that would be a great idea. And Vince, of course, turned it down, but whatever. We know that we know Chris knows what the fuck's up, so that's all. Oh yeah! All right, that's basically it, guys. We had a great show tonight, and I appreciate all of our wonderful listeners. Um, definitely check us out on all the wonderful social media outlets for Geek Vibes Nation: uh, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, we got a Twitter. We got all that wonderful jazz. Um, so. If you guys want to check it out, gvnation.com, that's GV as in Geek Vibes, nation.com. It'll link you up to our blog talk, our iTunes account, all that information. And, um, yeah, just have a great Halloween. Keep on eating that candy. And thank you so much once again, Jeffrey, for uh, co-hosting with me tonight. We had a great powered episode of, of, of wonders and just happiness, if you will, and just talking about all this shit Hope you had a great time, man, and plug whatever you need to plug. Thank you so much again for having me. I really had a great time talking about some of the hottest things that's happening in all of wrestling. You can follow me, you guys, at Jeffrey Show Live. That is J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-S-H-O-W-L-I-V-E, and that is YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, anything you can think of that is Jeffrey Show Live. I appreciate it again. And I definitely start checking in on the Facebook because I'm starting to see that you guys be having some good debates. You guys be going in on Facebook on the Wrestling Geeks. I fight people all the time on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm kind of like, oh, this seems like it's going to be interesting. I read the rules when I first got the invite, but I was kind of like, oh, it's still be going down in here, even though <laughs> there's rules. People still expect. Themselves. <laughs> so I love it. 
Yeah, it's always fun. But, yep, that's another episode of Wrestling's Alliance. We'll be back next Wednesday, 7 p.m. EST. You guys have a wonderful evening. Hey, monkeys, it's me, D-D-P, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time world champion professional wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkeys, well, you're listening to Geek Vibes Nation. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! Peace out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.